Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum. This is Dr. Wakar. Welcome to my podcast on AKP series cases. Yesterday we have completed GIT and today we are going to start endocrinology. The last case from the GIT it was the celiac disease and how we have to recognize from the CBC and the clinical features of the celiac disease and we after that we have to choose the appropriate investigations. From endocrinology today we have a boy and he presented to you with the fits with fits so let us start a previously well 6 month old boy with generalized fits intermittently for the last 1 hour he received buccal midazolam twice in the ambulance without relief on arrival in hospital he has intravenous lorazepam which controlled his fits there is no history of preceding fever and his development of is normal there is no family history of epilepsy he is admitted to the ward where his observations show a temperature 37 degree centigrade heart rate 140 per minute respiratory rate 30 per minute crt capillary refill time is 2 seconds oxygen saturation 95% in air blood pressure 80 by 50 mm hg So his blood investigation shows as follows: hemoglobin 115 gram per liter, white cell count 10, platelets count 400, and CRP are 4 milligram. Sodium 139, potassium 5.2, urea 3.3, creatinine 30, calcium 1.2 millimole per liter, magnesium 0.8 millimole per liter, phosphate 1.2 millimole per liter, albumin 35, bilirubin 17, ALT. 30 AST 50 alkaline phosphate is 1200 unit per liter and alkaline phosphate is very high so here the abnormal investigations i am just telling you the abnormal investigations which shows us that uh, calcium level which is uh, uh, slightly in the lower uh, lower side calcium is the low and phosphate is also slightly low because phosphate is 1.2 millimole per liter the normal range is 1.3 to 2.6 normal range is i will tell you later on and also here alkaline phosphate is, is very high so hypocalcemia with uh, hypophosphatemia with uh, alkaline phosphate is, is very high so which of the following is the most likely diagnosis so you have 6 month old boy with the fits and uh, they he received the bacalmitazolam and also as well as one dose of lorazepam with the hypocalcemia hypomagnesemia and raised alkaline phosphates which of the following is the most likely diagnosis hypoparathyroidism one answer hypoparathyroidism intestinal malabsorption liver disease nutritional rickets renal failure so the fits reoccur you diagnose the case but fits reoccurs as soon as he is transferred to the ward what would be the first line of management so two doses two doses of buccal midazolam is given he received and also you have given alorazepam iv so now he is still again he developed a fits so what would you will choose buccal midazolam iv calcium gluconate iv lorazepam iv phenytoin rectal diazepam so these fits are not following the algorithm of uh, status epilepticus because this case is nutritional rickets and we will give uh, iv calcium gluconate 
so usually the algorithm is of status epilepticus is first of all we have to check the first step airway breathing and high flow oxygen we will give and we will check the glucose strips the second stage is lorazepam if there is IV access we will give lorazepam and then again the second dose of lorazepam after that if available we will give peraldehyde then if uh, not available we will give phenytoin after lorazepam peraldehyde if peraldehyde is not available we will give phenytoin anyway we have to give phenytoin and after phenytoin still if patient is in uh, fits then we anesthetic must be involved it needs theopental because uh, if already patient on phenytoin will give phenobarbitone so airway oxygen glucose strips lorazepam iv if it's still persistent uh, uh, continuous seizures will give second dose of lorazepam then peraldehyde then phenytoin then anesthetic for theopental if phenytoin already on patient on phenytoin we will give phenobarbitone this was about the status epilepticus guidelines if a lorazepam first dose, if IV access or intraosseous access is not there, we will give the buccal metazolam or P or parrectal diazepam. So it was the nutritional records and IV calcium gluconate we will give. We will not follow this algorithm because it is uh, having fits because of uh, hypocalcemia. So let us read. This is a previously well six-month-old boy who presents with prolonged fits that are controlled with intravenous lorazepam. He has stable observations from the clinical presentation. The two common possibilities would be febrile fits and the fits first presentation of epilepsy. Common presentation, febrile or first presentation of epilepsy. So we have both in this case we have not these uh, uh, diagnosis. However, his temperature was normal and he was well prior to the onset of fits. Moreover, blood results show a less common cause for this. So this is not the common cause. This is a less common cause because of the blood uh, investigations. So his investigation was hemoglobin 115. The normal range is 110 to 140 gram per liter. I am telling you this normal range is because... Uh, some investigations we must know the normal ranges so i'm just reading all the normal range about the cbc and uh, chemistry and uh, as well as the other investigations so here hemoglobin 110 to 140 is the normal gram per liter white cell count 6 to 15 platelets counts 400 uh, sorry platelet count normal range is 150 to 450 and uh, crp crp count is should be less than uh, 10 milligram per liter in our case it was 4 the sodium as you know is 133 146 and potassium 3.5 to 5.5 .5, urea 0.8 to 5.5 and these are normal ranges creatinine is 13 to 39 in our case it was 30 calcium the normal calcium level you must memorize we should must memorize the normal calcium level is 2.2 to 2.7 2.2 to 2.7 is the normal calcium level in our case it was 1.2 magnesium is normal 0.6 to 1 phosphate 1.2 millimole per liter the normal range of phosphate is 1.3 to 2 in our case it is 1.2 so slightly on the lower side 1.3 to 2 is the normal uh, here it is 1.2 albumin normal range 30 to 45 bilirubin 0 to 21 uh, LT 
up to 41 0 to 41 ALT AST 8 to 60 in alkaline phosphate is 59 to 425 unit per liter so this is uh, alkaline phosphate is up to 425 59 to 425 in our case it was 1200 so these are the normal range I read it for me as well as for you because uh, I remember we remember the things since childhood like we were in the school age so we read many things but uh, till now we have zero memory I think we are not memorizing the things which we read 15 10 15 years before but teach at that time few words still we are memorizing some teachers are saying few statements and some uh, good things still I have memorized in my memory that uh, when we were child when we were students teachers are saying uh, this thing and teachers are saying this thing so hearing is very important uh, uh, to memorize that's why it's uh, we should read loudly so that our ear should hear and it will uh, keep in our memory for the longer time as compared to the reading so these results show low serum calcium, slightly low phosphate and elevated alkaline phosphatase. Low calcium, low phosphate, elevated alkaline phosphatase. Features that are consist consistent with rickets. A blood gas analysis would show low ionized calcium which triggered the fits. Because of low ionized calcium which triggered the fits. Seizures are being increasingly recognized as a presenting feature of nutritional rickets. This is this could be the recognized presenting feature of nutritional rickets. Once you attend to the airway, breathing, and circulation, the first line of treatment would be intravenous calcium gluconate. As low serum calcium is the most likely cause of the fits. If you have already investigations and you find there is low calcium, so you give the uh, cal calcium. Uh, treat with the calcium gluconate we will not go for the algorithm of the status epilepticus even though there are fits while infusing calcium it is important to make sure the intravenous access is well functioning why because if there is extravasation of calcium into the soft tissues it can lead to tissue damage so IV access we will check the uh, intravenous line I uh, it should be well functioning if there is delay in getting administering calcium, the fits can be stopped with an anticonvulsant as a temporary measure. Such as measure may be required even if treatment with intravenous calcium gluconate has been commenced as it takes time to correct the serum calcium level in the body. So patient who is having hypocalcemic fits because of uh, nutritional records, vitamin D deficiency, they have to be treat with IV calcium gluconate but till that patient reach to the hospital and recognize that the patient is having hypocalcemia we have to follow the status epilepticus algorithm and uh, we will give the according to the algorithm but those anti-convergence medicine will stop the seizures temporary till that we will not correct the calcium the patient can develop again a first so these fits patient can develop the fits we have to correct the serum calcium even though we treat with the serum calcium but patient is still ha can have a, a seizures because it will take time to correct serum calcium level in the body till that we have to follow this anti-convergent therapy 
So generally more than five minutes. If we prolong fits means when we say prolong fit, it means more than five minutes. We will follow the algorithm of status epilepticus. Intravenous lorazepam would then be the first choice provided that the intravenous access is already established. It is important to follow the local guideline, advanced pediatric life support guidelines for the management of seizures. Senior pediatric help should be sought at an early stage. If fits persist or there is difficulty in normalizing serum calcium consultation with the tertiary specialist recommended is recommended. So what is nutritional rickets? The primary cause of rickets is vitamin D deficiency. Nutritional rickets, the primary cause of the rickets is the vitamin D deficiency. Vitamin D is required the calcium absorption from the gut. As we know, the calcium uh, vitamin D it, uh, is required for the calcium absorption from the gut and also reabsorption from the simal, uh, from simal, sorry, calcium absorption from the gut also as well as reabsorption from the renal level. At the renal level, it needs reabsorption. So vitamin D stores arise from uh, vitamin D stores arise from two sources sunlight and diet. The 90% vitamin D synthesized in the skin by the UV light sunlight, less than 10% vitamin D synthesized by the dietary source. So the ultraviolet rays in the sunlight convert the precursor of vitamin D dihydrotachysterol present in the skin to vitamin D cholecalciferol. The vitamin D produced or absorbed from the gut is converted to 25 hydroxycholecalciferol in the liver and further 125 dihydroxycholecalciferol in the kidney, which is biologically active. Cholecalciferol 125 is biologically active form of vitamin D. Dietary sources include butter, eggs, fish, liver oils, migraine, fortified milk and juice, mushrooms and oily fish such as tuna, herring and salmon. All infant milk formulas and dairy pro dietary products, dairy products are fortified with vitamin D and <coughs> sorry. So all infant milk formulas and dairy products are fortified with vitamin D and form an important source of vitamin D. So little bit about the vitamin D metabolism. This, as we know, this is ninety percent from the sunlight and less than ten percent from. Uh, dietary source so it's transported from vitamin D binding protein to the liver where it converted to the 25 hydroxy vitamin D which is uh, by the enzyme 25 hydroxylase and this is the 25 hydroxy vitamin D is the circulating form when we measure the vitamin D we are measuring this 25 hydroxy vitamin D status so 25 hydroxy vitamin D subsequently hydroxylated 1 alpha hydroxylated in proximal convoluted tubule or DCT distal convoluted tubule in the kidney to make 125 dihydroxy vitamin D which is 1 to 5 OH 2 D and this is the active form of uh, this is the active form of vitamin D and which promotes calcium and phosphate absorption in small intestine and reabsorption at the renal level this is very important. Small intestine promotes calcium absorption and calcium and phosphate reabsorption in the, at the renal level. So whenever there is deficiency, the calcium level is reduced. If calcium level is reduced, which increases parathyroid hormone production in attempt to maintain normal, normalize the calcium through calcium reabsorption in the kidney. 
So why parathyroid hormone is important in vitamin D deficiency because when there is calcium level is low, it is the uh, uh, feedback mechanism. It will sensing the parathyroid hormone by the parathyroid gland. They will sense that calcium level is low in the body. So parathyroid hormone will be increased to compensate the uh, to reabsorb the calcium from the kidneys, not from the gut, from the kidneys. So parathyroid hormone will be raised and cause increased phosphate excretion from the kidneys. So parathyroid hormone is going to be high because it sense the calcium is low, like trying to con compensate. But parathyroid hormone when it increase it not only affect the calcium but it will affect also the phosphate it will excrete out the phosphate from the kidney so phosphate level will be low so vitamin d deficiency can result this is the metabolism of the vitamin d so vitamin d deficiency can result from insufficient production in the body due to the sun's uv light not reaching to uh, the skin this can occur due to use of strong sunblock too much covering up in sunlight or not getting out into the sun people with darker skin may need more sunlight to maintain vitamin d levels in some ethnic groups mothers avoid exposure to sun for religious or cultural reasons leading uh, reasons leading to maternal shortage of vitamin d human milk contains little vitamin d generally less than 20 to 40 international unit per liter therefore infants who are breastfeed are at risk for rickets Furthermore, maternal deficiency results in low vitamin D stores in the newborn as well as also further reduction in vitamin D in breast milk. So because of these reasons, vitamin D is uh, deficient in the patient who are having uh, deficiency, yeah, hypocalcemic uh, seizures. Vitamin D is essential for absorption of calcium from the gut. Deficiency leads to hypocalcemia which stimulates excess secretion of the parathyroid hormone in turn renal Phosphorus loss is enhanced, further reducing the deposition of calcium in bones. So this is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, this is a metabolism. So low calcium levels decrease the threshold of ex uh, excitation of neurons leading to neuronal excitability, sensory and motor, paraesthesia, tetany, contraction of muscles of the hands, arms, feet, larynx, bronchioles seizures and even psychiatric changes in children. Cardiac function may also be impaired due to poor muscle contractility include prolongation of the QTC interval. So vitamin D can cause hypocalcemia which can lead to fits and also the other uh, symptoms of the hypocalcemia like for example having neuronal excitatory sensory and motor problem, paresthesia, tetany, contraction of the muscles of the hands, arms and feet and larynx bronchioles and also some psychiatric changes and they have also a problem in the cardiac contractility which can lead to QTC, prolonged QTC. Excess parathyroid hormone also produces changes in the bone similar to those occurring in hyperparathyroidism. Early in course of rickets, the calcium concentration in the serum decreases after the parathyroid response, the calcium concentration usually returns to normal though phosphorus levels remain low. Because parathyroid hormone try to compensate the calcium reabsorption from the kidney. That's why when there are some stages of vitamin D deficiency, the first stage hypocalcemia, calcium absorption from the gut will be reduced, that's why hypocalcemia. Then hypocalcemia triggers the parathyroid hormone release from the parathyroid, hormone, parathyroid gland which normalize the calcium it, because it will compensate the calcium but it will uh, cause the hypophosphatemia so these are the stages of the vitamin d uh, i mean there is vitamin d deficiency first hypocalcemia 
then uh, hyperparathyroidism parathyroid hormone will be high then calcium will be the normal but remain the phosphate level will be low so excess hormone also produces changes in bone similar to those occurring in hyperparathyroidism early in course of rickets the calcium concentration in serum decreases after the parathyroid response the calcium concentration usually returns to normal through phosphate phosphorus level remain low alkaline phosphatase which is produced by our active osteoblast cells leaks into extracellular fluid so that its concentration ri rises to, to anywhere from moderate elevation to very high levels because bones are trying uh, trying to uh, compensate and because of this compensation uh, the alkaline phosphatase will be high so there are some causes of hypocalcemia in infancy the pathophysiology is hypoparathyroidism which causes hypocalcemia in infancy so causes of hypoparathyroidism are aplasia hypoplasia of parathyroid gland digeorge 22q11 deletion syndrome fetal exposure to retinoic acid bacterial complex or charge association parathyroid hormone receptor defect pseudo hypoparathyroidism autoimmune parathyroiditis infiltration hemosiderosis wilson disease thalassemia so if there is problem in the vitamin d abnormalities like vitamin d deficiency dietary insufficiency or maternal use of anticonvulsants because some anticonvulsants are also having problem with the vitamin d metabolisms acquired or inherited disorder of vitamin d metabolism resistance to actions of vitamin d vitamin d dependent rickets type 1 and type 2 and liver disease like uh, affect 25 hydrooxidation of vitamin d certain drugs like phenytoin carbamazepine phenobarbital isoniazid and rifampicin can increase the activity of p4 450 enzymes which can increase the 25 hydrooxidation as well as catabolism of vitamin d that's why they develop the hypocalcemia hyperphosphatemia excessive phosphate intake from feeding of cow's milk or infant formula with improper low calcium to phosphate ratio because from feeding cow's milk will be high so the ratio of the calcium and phosphate will be low when there is excessive phosphate or inappropriate calcium to phosphate ratio in total parental nutrition also renal failure cause hyperphosphatemia other causes of hypocalcemia are malabsorption syndrome, alkalosis, pancreatitis, hungry bone syndrome. Rapid skeletal mineral deposition is seen in infants with rickets or hypoparathyroidism after starting vitamin D therapy. So this is also vitamin when we treat with the patient with vitamin D therapy, they label it hungry bone syndrome because bones need calcium and if there is vitamin d deficiency they cannot uh, get the calcium so we are treating with vitamin d to give uh, food to the bone but they will try to rapid skeletal mineral deposition is seen in infants with rickets or hypoparathyroidism when we start the vitamin d therapy that is called hungry bone syndrome other causes of intestinal malabsorption as in celiac disease and diseases of the liver or kidney may produce the clinical and secondary biochemical picture of nutritional rickets, anti-convulsion drugs, phenobarbital, phenytoin, accelerate the metabolism of vitamin D, which may lead to insufficiency and rickets. The child has normal hemoglobin and serum albumin levels, which exclude celiac diseases as a cause. Renal function, ALT and AST are normal, exclude excluding the possibility of liver and renal diseases as a cause of rickets and hypocalcemia. 
A rare X-linked dominant form exists called vitamin D resistant rickets or X-linked hypophosphatemia, where there is excessive renal loss of phosphate leading to a state of vitamin D resistance. Generally, the liver enzymes are normal in these children. The serum phosphate levels very low. Another noteworthy feature of this condition is near normal serum calcium level. In near normal serum calcium level, phosphate level is very low. It could be X-linked dominant hypophosphatemic rickets. Guys, we know the types of the rickets, nutritional and the vitamin D dependent rickets type 1 and type 2 and hypophosphatemic rickets. Type 1 is autosomal recessive which is caused because of 1-alpha hydroxylase deficiency. Vitamin D dependent rickets type 2 autosomal recessive as well. Vitamin D receptor mutations and hypophosphatemic rickets could be due to Fanconi syndrome. And uh, by the investigation it is important to differentiate from these uh, uh, types of the rickets. Because when we are suspecting there are rickets and there is vitamin D deficiency then uh, we will treat with the vitamin D. We will follow the case if a uh, patient has not respond with vitamin D therapy, it could be some other reason. So, increased parathyroid hormone and phosphorus should be normalized and limb deformity take up to two years to resolve after the treatment. When we treat the patient with vitamin D supplementation, the deformity of the limbs, these bow legs and uh, uh, the fraying and cupping of the bones it will take up to two years to resolve and parathyroid hormone PTS should be normalized period to stop the treatment so we will not stop the treatment till parathyroid hormone is not normalized and vitamin D normal level is more than 50 when we say insufficient it is 25 to 50 mic more per liter and low less than 25 and uh, parathyroid hormone as you know it will be high and the indication how when we treat the patient with vitamin D supplementation then we how can we follow the patient the patient is compliant with the treatment or patient is responding or not we will do the alkaline phosphatase is patient alkaline phosphatase is improving it means patient is for having compliant the treatment and it is simple vitamin D deficiency recurs and the treatment of vitamin D uh, deficiency is uh, oral vitamin D supplementation. There are two forms, uh, ergocalciferol vitamin D2 and cholecalciferol vitamin D3. And this ergocalciferol for uh, plant products, some patients are vegetarians, strictly vegetarian. So we can treat with those patients with this uh, ergocalciferol vitamin D2 or, and the other patient cholecalciferol vitamin D3, the source of uh, cholecalciferol fish or the mammals. So this was about the case of vitamin D deficiency and seizures due to hypocalcemia. Thank you very much. Assalamu alaikum.